What's up, sports fans? Welcome to another edition of the DC Sports Huddle. And this is actually a special edition of the DC Sports Huddle as we look back on the year of 2022. And it's brought to you by MGM National Harbor. For the latest in Washington sports, visit MGM National Harbor and experience a sports fan's paradise. You know the crew by now. I'm Rob Woodfork. This is Dave Preston. He's got to cater something after this. This is uh, George Wallace. Thank you for hesitating. He's got nothing to do. I got nothing to do. But listen, they're I, all special editions. Not they just are this spe- one. Yeah, you're right. You're okay? right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> oh, did you, know you want to? You got something better you to do? You got something to say? You got something better? No, no, no. We're good. We're you good. Got somewhere? You sure? You got somewhere? What's, what's, in that, what's in that cup? Let's get this done before 2023, guys. <laughs> all right. All right. What so, are we talking about today, boss? Oh, man. This has been a wild year in sports. They're all wild, though. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know that this one True. was uh, standing out in ways that other years have not. Uh, we're going to hit on some of the top stories from the year. We'll start with what was the story of the year. And just to lay out the categories for the good people, Comeback Athlete of the Year, Breakthrough Athlete of the Year, the Moment of the Year in D.C. Sports, and the uh, DC Sports Person uh, slash People of the Year, and uh, what we're looking forward to. What we're looking forward to in 2023. My story of the year is the potential sale of the Commanders. Look, this has been in the something that we've yeah. talked about a lot over the course of the last 25 years. How little respect yep. uh, Snyder commands in all of the ways in which he's ruined what was a landmark franchise in Washington. So just the fact that. There's now a light at the end of that tunnel, like a legitimate path. They're hearing proposals. Correct. Correct. So we're at a point now where, and look, I think his reign in Washington has changed in a lot of ways the outside perception of D.C. sports here. You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, Washington, it's all bureaucrats and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, this guy's corrupt. And so you get a new lease on life. The NFL is the top of you know professional sports you know like that's what's going to bring the most attention to your city that's the thing that's going to garner um you know uh, sort of the way people look at you so you get some respectable ownership in here i have a hard time believing that washington's not going to be right back up there especially if the team turns around its fortunes on the field i have a hard time believing that this isn't going to be a franchise that brings dc sports back to the national consciousness i think that New owner, new stadium, new like you said, new lease on life. New I, world, a new, a world. new song for the Commanders too. Please don't sing. Please don't sing. You may get it. Don't you don't sing. <laughs> this <laughs> is a song-free zone. Just tell everybody to go to the internet and you, they'll find you singing it. <laughs> and probably a, a whole new rebrand. Yeah. So that day can't come soon enough. You're starting to see the fans embrace that. You've stopped seeing the uh, sell the team signs, the chant, sell the team. Right. Since, or less of it. Yeah. Since yeah. This all came out. I yep. mean, at the game against the Giants, you saw actually Washington fans were, were into it. Yep. Yes, they were half Giant fans, yes. Yeah. But I mean, the, the Washington proximity. fans yeah. that were there, you're starting to see them get more and more into it, the chanting of the team and even what will be once he is gone. To your point, if they do get better on the field, get a quarterback, and you know, start to be have play some right. consistent football, I think you're going to see a whole new thing. I've, I've stated since... That the first game after his ownership is over, you are going to see it's never going to be 100 percent because it's not like it was. But because you still have some fans that aren't going to come back. Right. Once they change the name, I think you lost some fans that won't come back. They were older right. fans. Okay, that's just what it is. But I think you will see a full stadium. 
in burgundy and gold yeah. and a, a whole new atmosphere. To both of your points, this has always been, for better or for worse, a football town. Even when there are other marquee players in town and champions and winners and record setters, this has been a, it goes back to when the Burgundy and Gold played at RFK and the Caps were a new team out in Landover. The Bullets were a new team out in Landover. There was no baseball. So you didn't have that day-to-day team that you yep. followed over the course mm-hmm. of the summer. You had to go to Baltimore to catch baseball, even though it was a really good product. You still had to go to Baltimore. There was a time when, and you hear stories about when I drove home, when I first moved to the area at three o'clock in the afternoon on a football Sunday, the streets were empty. Yeah, you oh, could, yeah. It took it, it was so easy to get home. And no matter what happens with new ownership, those things don't die. And if there's a new owner, you will see a new love for this team because mm-hmm. people love this team and they hate the fact that they've had to put up with this product, whether it's on the field, whether it's off the field, whether it's you know, sewage charging for parking and all the all the rigmarole has has, has has really no, it's not <laughs> has really ruined the fan experience. So that's, You're right. that's they're dying to want to love the team again. Right. The hardcore fan base has dwindled so much under this guy. It's mm-hmm. that's true too. The one, the ones that are at games now are still the diehards that still have the tickets, this and that. But you will see the others come back. But like I said, some won't come back. But it will be a whole new right. whole new atmosphere. Right, and that's the thing. It's like before. I was in this job, and before I was covering the team for a living, I stopped going to games. I stopped buying the gear. I did all of these things to boycott because I didn't care for Dan Snyder. And I didn't care for the way the team was operating and the way the team was run. I feel like people in that same camp who are just like, yo, like I, I got to turn it off because it's it, like, there's right. nothing likable right. about it. And that's the thing. It's like sports are supposed to be inherently enjoyable. Yeah. So once there's something to enjoy, and I don't think there's anything bandwagon about it, I think no. once there's something to enjoy, people will come back. I agree. And I think you cultivate new fans because then you have, uh, this is a very transient area. So you have people who move from out of town. I mean, Dave would be a nice example of that. He moved to town and yeah. sort of picked up on all of the things, and now he's, look where he is today. My, my story of the laughs. year is uh, Alex Ovechkin and his pursuit of Wayne Gretzky and Gordy Howe. The fact that he has twice as many goals as anyone else on this roster, mm-hmm. and he is doing it without his top assist man in his career is Nicholas Backstrom. Won't be back before the All-Star break. Tom Wilson is probably the third most important player on this team behind Ovi and Backstrom, and he is yet to skate in a regular season game. So you have Ovi chasing history while you have a team chasing its past. And over the last four years, this team has gotten progressively older. They missed a window of opportunity in 2019 when they were up two games to none and then three games to two against Carolina. TJ Oshie was hurt for the rest of the series. They lost that in overtime in the seventh game. They've not won a playoff series since they won the uh, Stanley Cup in 2018. And so you see Ovi's star rising as he's tackled milestones over the last season or two, and you, you see the team fading. And it, it's unfortunate, but that's that's the story. The, the story is, can Ovi catch Wayne Gretzky, and does this team have another run in the playoffs in them? And I think the answers are yes and no, sadly, but I think it's going to be great following this team over the next year or two to see Ovi chase greatness because even if he doesn't get to 894, he is the best pure goal scorer in NHL history, bar none. The way that defenses are set up today, the way that goaltend, the way that goaltending is today, as opposed to the 80s, the way that offenses are are run. 
I'm not one of those bean counting. Hey, if you go by the pi r squared, whatever, and give them you know three goals to two or whatever. But kind for of, what I mean, he is kind of a bean. Kind of wish you were for what he is doing. <laughs> he is doing at a higher level than yeah. anyone else has over a longer period. The fun part is with him now too is the conversation about the greatest DC right. sports athlete of all time. That's why Ovi is my DC sports person of the year because really there's no bigger story in DC sports than his assault mm. on the record books Agreed. right now. And Jay and I go back and Jay Brooks and I go back and forth. He thinks that the Alex Ovechkin, you know, going for these records yeah. is detracting away from the team competing for championships. I mean, the point is to score. Right? I don't get that. Uh, I, I mean, I don't, I, don't, putting... I don't necessarily get it either, to be honest with you. But <laughs> it's just, he's scoring goals. It's not like it's, it has to be an assist well, or, they're, or they're changing the way they play in order for Ovi to get these. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's still playing at a high level. He, and, and that's the thing. If he's is, not, if it's like... Right. If he's a liability on the ice and you're yeah, just trotting him out there to get a record, then yes, I get it's that. But he's still helping them win. He's still the catalyst for them winning. Like and Bruce so, Smith getting the sack record. You yeah, know, that's, that, that's that was detractive. Right. Yeah. So to me, this yeah. is like this is just sort of an added layer. Yeah. This is uh, yes, Alex Ovechkin is getting a lot of the attention, but this is not in any way detracting from the Capitals' bid to get back into the playoffs. No. And if they advance in the playoffs, let's be real, he's going to have to keep scoring like that. Yeah, and, and although look, they I, have won a couple of games here where well, they haven't had won. any of their regular right. guys score, but you know, <laughs> I mean, he's playing at a high level. Correct, and that's the main thing is he's playing at a high level. And he's also case. doing us. It's not like a, he's limping to the end. Correct. True. It's not Correct. like he's a designated hitter right. who doesn't yes. play in the right. field right. Right. and gets his four at bats to pad his home run record. He's right. skating these forty to fifty second shifts yeah. at age thirty seven. Right. So I mean, right. Yeah. yeah. He's scoring prolifically. It's yeah. not detracting from the team. It's not like they're going out of their way to get him the puck. And if, and it's yeah. not like guys are passing open shots to get Ovi the yeah. puck or whatever. You know. And if you take him off of this roster, oh my. Take away, take yeah. away his 20 goals off of this team, <laughs> and they are basically looking at the draft lottery. And right. you're looking at 8,000 people in the arena. Yeah, that yeah. too. That too. If that. So uh, so just to use that as a segue, what's uh, your uh, D.C. sports person of the year? Wait, can I give my story? He's got a story. You said your story, didn't you? No, didn't he kind of liked your story. He didn't, yeah. but he's got his oh, own he story. He just liked my we story. We have another stories. ownership situation, and yeah. the, the, the fall from the top for your baseball team, big mm. time. The learners are selling. The selling off of everything. And then Juan Soto, you, if you had said this team won the World Series in October 31st of 2019, they didn't have their victory lap. And the yeah. way they have gone and the amount of people, veterans, that have left this team since mm. then. It's historic. It, it, it's unbelievable. <laughs> it's, it's unprecedented. It's, if you would have said that day in three, just three short years, how many yeah. of these would still be on the roster? You could argue I, you'd said maybe two or three are right. gone, but not five or six. You're percent. always going to lose some veterans. Yes. You're always going to have some guys like a Daniel Hudson, who it's like, yeah. okay, he came on and for the, the run, and you know he doesn't fit in with the long-term plans. But right. for them to trade Trey Turner one year and then trade Juan Soto the next, yeah. two guys who are still in their building block, and th- th- those are two guys that you build a lineup yeah, around. Yeah. You have Turner bat second, Soto bat third for a decade. The fact that they sold off so soon... I get the long game, I guess, but the fact that you you get rid of a bat that it would have been more difficult to build around Juan Soto and Trey Turner, but your eyes don't lie to you, and it's okay. You've got a very good offensive shortstop who can get on base and put him in front of a very good right fielder Mm -hmm. who can hit home runs 
and get on base. And you just pad the lineup with other fast guys and, you know, veterans who can do stuff. And the fact that uh, Nats management opted not to do so is a major disappointment. And I feel bad for the kids. You want to root for a guy for a decade like hockey fans have gotten a chance to root for Ovi. Right. And And my thing is, this brand, the Nationals brand, is not established enough that Mm. it can just let go of a generational talent like that. And and I think I've said it here before. With still two years left. Correct. And Mike Rizzo, just the brazen arrogance of, oh, we built a champion before and we'll just build one again. You could do this another 25 years and not get another Juan Soto. So for me, it's like, look, I, I understand that end of the argument. You trade away this guy because you're going to get this great bounty of players. We're still waiting for some of these kids to develop. But my thing is, you developed kids before, and they ended up being really good players for a World Series champion, and then you didn't want to keep them. (coughs) So then what are you selling me on now? If you're going to keep trading away the guys, you're going to develop these guys. And then you're just going to trade them away. I would is argue, what your record tells me. Right. And, and this, it's a sad thing because the ownership situation. Yeah. And you know. And I get that piece of it. But it, it, unless Juan Soto told me I'm not re-signing here, regardless of who the new owner right. is, that's different. But right. if I'm the new owner, I'm pissed if I come in maybe and I'm like, give me a shot at the guy. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> right, Seriously, right? yeah. Right. Yeah. Because I don't believe for a second that they checked with potential owners to figure out if it's Ted Leonsis, whoever. Right. Yeah. But also, Ted's got a track record of paying. I, I was just—I was right. just about to say that. Like, so if, if, if Ted Leonsis yeah. ends up being the guy, it's just going to be like, "Yo, I kept Bradley Beal all yeah. these years, and you know Alex Ovechkin for all these years." Pay John Wall so, his money. Yeah, I mean, if he so ends up being I, the owner, then tough. that just makes right. it that much worse for the Nationals Correct. because you know Juan Soto would have retired as a Washington. And National. it's not fair to your fan base. You've basically just said, we don't care at this point. And even right. though, maybe, not, maybe that's a little harsh. And even though you do... No, I don't I, think it's e- harsh. Even though there's broadcast revenue from the national TV, you know, radio yeah. and TV and stuff like that, baseball has 81 home dates that you've got to sell out. You still need to fill a ballpark. Yeah. And not just against the Mets and Phillies, but against, now that they're playing everybody, against the Brewers, mm-hmm. against the Mariners. Royals. Against, you know, the A's. Keep so going. You need, yeah. Guardians. You, you need some star power. Yeah. And they, there's, I mean, Joey Manessis, nice story, yeah. but... Not a star. It stinks. The two that, that, that people are that you should be upset yeah. about, the Trey Turner one, because yeah. he was not up. You traded no. him. Yeah. You don't know that you were going to resign him. And the Juan Soto situation. Harper, fine. You negotiated with He didn't want to be here. Right. I don't think yeah. anyway. Fine. Gone. But Rendon right. wanted to go back to the West Coast. Trey Turner, you had a chance. You trade him. Juan Soto, same deal. You're basically saying from two years in advance that we are not going to pay this right. guy. But I think why Juan Soto, and especially sticks in my craw personally, this is a guy who, number one, has a wide appeal. You could be black, white, Latino, doesn't yep. matter. Everybody yep. loves them some childish Bambino. Yep. So right. that's number one. Number two, we were okay with you letting go of Trey Turner. We were okay with you letting go of Rendon. We were okay with all of that with uh, Bryce and Max and all those guys because, okay, you're saving money to keep to Juan keep Soto. Juan, correct. You're basically telling me you let all those guys go for nothing. Which is what they did. That's why Very that was just such a monumental disappointment, not just to the fans, but, mm-hmm. I mean, even for us who cover the team, because who wants to go to the ballpark and watch a 100-and-whatever-lost right. team? 
Right. Nobody wants to do that. There's an angry guy that I know and who yells <laughs> at his computer. And uh, so, uh, safe to say, Juan Soto is not our Player of the Year in DC sports. Is that going to be accurate? Uh, yeah. I don't think that would no, be just, accurate. Just, yeah. well, oh, who is the Player man. of the Year? Um, I, I mean, I said Alex Ovechkin. Who's your uh, player? I'm going to go with Taylor Heineke because he uh, why do we do this? he ignited a fan base <laughs> and uh, an offense that was going absolutely nowhere. It's a subjective vote. Thank you very much. Yeah, because I'm going to push back on this, but I'm going to let you say your piece first. Should he be the starting quarterback come January 1st? Who knows? (laughs) But he ignited uh, a fan base, and he uh, turned a team that was very much a pretender and sub-500 into a contender, a team that controlled its own path to the playoffs up through Christmas weekend. So that's why Taylor Heineke is my player of the year in Washington, D.C. Or one could say control their destiny. But it's not destiny. Let's be honest. There aren't many options. He gets so mad about it. There there aren't many options for player of the year in D.C., are there? No. For me, Ovi is that guy, and I don't know that there's a super close second. But to push back just briefly on on the Heineke thing, uh, Heineke, you could have said that exact same thing last year. He's not necessarily, and I'm not saying Ovi's new, but it's like I don't know that he did anything this year that he didn't do last year right. for a yeah. team that's probably going to finish right around the same. Same time, true. yeah. I can go with Ovi, what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's fair. You can fair also enough. throw in, and I know we're going to hear from this later, but Francis Tiafo as well. Yes, that's a good segue to, unless you unless you got something else. No, no, no. A breakthrough no. athlete of the year. Uh, Francis Tiafo is a guy that yeah. uh, is uh, very high on that list. Yeah. Mine is actually Jahan Dotson. He leads the team. He's got uh, six touchdown catches through 14 games. I I compared him to Chris Olave because I feel like a lot of people, myself included, said, you're picking 11th. What they ended up doing was trading back and, you know, they got more picks and, you know, what have you. But you had Chris Olave sitting there when it was your turn to pick. Dotson actually has more touchdowns than, uh, actually twice as many touchdowns as Chris Olave. His 14.7 yards per catch right there. They're, it's pretty comparable. They're almost identical to Olave. And uh, quite frankly, there's a noticeable difference uh, in the commander's offense when you see Jahan Dotson because he did miss some time with injury. That offense was very different and not in a good way. Here's one for you. Here's a breakthrough athlete. Talia. Tagovailoa at Maryland. Oh, okay. I like that. That's right. a, a good breakthrough. Yeah. Sets, the old, sets the record for passing yards, yeah. and he's coming back next year. That is a good option. Yeah, That's a yeah good I agree one. with that. Okay. I want to stay on the Maryland campus but switch sports. I'm going to go with Cheyenne Sellers. Uh, Maryland uh, had another decent year this past uh, winter, but they lost a ton of players to transfer. Lost uh, seniors uh, Katie Benson and Chloe Bibby to uh, graduation. Uh, and a lot of question marks surrounding what sort of team that Brenda Freeze would be able to put together. Cheyenne Sellers was the top player coming off the bench last year, a defensive uh, dynamo, a specialist, really shut down a, a opposing threats. This year she's stepped up. She's hit some game-winning shots, and she is, uh, along with Diamond uh, Miller, on a very limited Maryland team as far as size. She is one of the go-to players on this roster. She's just a sophomore. Cheyenne Sellers is the next great Maryland Terrapin under uh, Brenda Freeze's watch. How about the comeback athlete That's of the year? Brian Robinson. Dude was shot mm. in August <laughs> in the leg yeah. and didn't know he was going to play football at all. And then to see what he's done and what, where, how far he's come since then, I mean, for me, that's just... Does it fit under the category? Oh, count it. Judges, he is coming back for something. <laughs> judges. Oh. And he told us the other day that he's still not 100%. So that's kind of scary if he's not, because he's running the football. And he's exactly what 
this team had hoped to see. On when those lines, him. my preseason crazy prediction was that he would, yes, he'd miss the first five weeks, but he'd come in and he'd be able to rush for 1,000 yards. He's not going to hit yeah. 1,000 yards unless he averages like one, you know, like no, no. 125 well, per game. Yeah, they're not giving the ball enough. <laughs> but he's got a chance to hit 800 or 900, yeah. which is absolutely outstanding. Tremendous. My comeback players with the same team, but a different position and a longer comeback, Curtis Samuel. I think he only had yeah. 10 touches yeah. in 2021. His absence was a big reason why this offense sputtered last year. His presence is a big reason why this offense thrives at times. Granted, we spoke in another edition of the huddle. He doesn't need five carries when he's only gaining one yard. <laughs> that was the but, special edition. Yes, but, but his, ability, his ability to provide another option to take attention away from Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson gives this passing offense something that they really haven't had in some time. Three legitimate threats, not including the tight end. Of Three decent threats downfield. That's something, and if this team does make the playoffs, it's going to be because they've had a a healthy Curtis Samuel all season. Agreed. I'm going to have a guy who is not local, but I'm going to tie it in locally. I'm going to say Geno Smith in Seattle Okay. because they left this man's career for dead. Seattle is in Washington. I mean, see, that's how I did the tie. All the way over there. So, yeah. Washington State. If but, you buy uh, the commander's mug, some will have that's the true. <laughs> State of Washington. So, I mean, uh, uh, there's an underrated story perfect. from me. Uh, um, no, but uh, Geno Smith, I mean, good. this guy shows that whatever secret sauce they have at the quarterback position in Seattle works no matter what the name on the back of the jersey is. Agreed. Because right now, he's playing like Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson is playing like what we thought Geno Smith was going to be. So, Geno Smith is the comeback athlete of the year. You guys wrote him off. He didn't write back. Those are his words, not mine. Now, the local tie, Geno Smith's success in Seattle, George is going to love this, only reinforces my belief that Cam Newton still has enough left in the tank to come in here and make Washington a playoff contender. That's how you're tying it locally? That's how I'm tying it locally because Uh, if Geno Smith can come off the mat, a former MVP – who has yeah. already played in this system can come into Washington it's too late. and lift His them. player of the year is Taylor Haneke. It's too late. Yeah. It's not too late. All so right. you want Cam Newton to come in? He's not looking at you. Now look yeah, at I him. do. You want him to come in now before, <laughs> week, before week 17. Yeah. I'm not saying come in now. I'm saying you bring him in. You give him an entire offseason in an offense that he's already played in. Do you think Cam Newton can still play at this time? I do. After being uh, especially, especially when he hasn't been hit in a year and a half. Could go the other he way. He hasn't completed any passes I mean, in a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, but but here's the thing: it could go the other way. Yeah. But you know what? It's not going to cost twenty eight million dollars like Carson Wentz did. He's that is a, a point, very though. cheap and easy answer well, right you know there. What ain't and if it doesn't, and if it doesn't year is Carson Wentz. And if it doesn't work out, guess what? You're exactly where you are right now. You're playing Taylor Heineke for another season. True. So, what is next I in use, our holiday grab bag? I use <laughs> I use Gino as a Trojan yeah. horse to get Cam Newton in this episode. Fair enough. All right. Um, let's see if anybody's still watching. What's next? Yeah. <laughs> Moments of the year. Moment of the uh, year in DC sports. I'm going to say Ovi's hat trick to reach 800 that goals. Was a good one. That's this may be a recency bias on my part, but my God, that was a fun game. The guy scores three goals. He gets to that nice even round number. They end up winning the game. I thought it was a tremendous moment in uh, D.C. sports. And the respect that he gets mm. from the Chicago crowd yep. on the road, yep. you, you expect that to happen at Capital One Arena. That's Everybody understands that. But to be on the road and to get the OV chance and all of that, 
very surreal uh, experience there. Along those lines, I think maybe on the other side of the coin of moment of the year was the overtime goal surrendered against uh, yeah. Florida in yeah. Game 6. Capitals, uh, they won Game 1, they were up 2-1, yep. and they didn't win another game. And old legs trying to guard young legs. Yeah. Uh, and for the fourth straight year, the Capitals come up short in the first round in a game where they had multiple opportunities to win, in a series where they had multiple chances to take a 3-1 series lead. I was there for that night, and it was it, it was a tough one to swallow as somebody who's covered this team. Yeah. And it felt just as uh, disappointing as it was to see them lose in Game 7 in overtime to Carolina three years previously. All right, now what? that Buzz Killington's yeah. done, what... Uh... Well, what are we on, moment? <laughs> yeah. Moment. Moment, yeah, moment, the, uh, George. Okay. moment of the year. So I have a couple we could do. I, yeah. I think, and I, this is my moment of last year, too. July 31st, trade deadline. Yeah. They got rid of Juan Soto. Yeah. 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 That's that was, the, that's that was watershed. Second for me would be Tiafo's run at the U.S. Open. Yes. Yes. I think you could have 1A, 1B there. Those are two pretty big moments for me. Some other moments the, this past year that you know don't qualify as a great D.C. sports moment, but I think it should be mentioned, uh, college basketball, the CAA tournament was in the at the Entertainment and Sports Arena. I think they're going back there in 2023. If not, they, they should go back there sooner rather than later. Delaware became our local school. Exactly. But it was a great three, four days of basketball there, and then followed up by the Atlantic 10 tournament. I wish it was in Washington more. Richmond had an incredible run of four wins in four days. They easily could have lost in the first round to a Rhode Island team that then fired their coach immediately. It's a perfect storm is where George Washington and George Mason are also playing well. That didn't happen this year, but the A-10 tournament was a lot of fun to be at. Two other moments, uh, the Wells Fargo Championship up Mm -hmm. at uh, TPC Avenel with uh, Max Homa winning, who and he really came on as a player this yep. year. It was great yep. to see him play well, and Rory McIlroy was uh, in town. Uh, and although Rory did not win, uh, Homa just had a fantastic Sunday. The PGA Women's Championship was at Congressional. And any time you can go to Congressional and get the brunch buffet, it's a beautiful <laughs> day. That spread for that, that was good. That was good. <laughs> I can tell you what. That was made, but yeah. it, it shows that I think that D.C., with the right hands, and we, we talk about change of ownership for yeah. the Burgundy and Gold, if they're able to get a Dome Stadium, who's to say that this doesn't become a Super Bowl city? Because D.C. is a great event town, as we've seen with the A-10, the CAA, yep. the PGA, the LPGA. I think that there are some great possibilities that hopefully we can maybe see a Dome Stadium and a Super Bowl, uh, what is it, Super Bowl, it would be Super Bowl what? At this point, uh, 20 years. X, V, X, L, X, V, I. When was the NBA All-Star game here? Oh, what? Uh, that was 01? Right. It was, two, it was okay. either 2000 or 2001. It wasn't when right. Jordan was playing, was it? That would have been right before. Yeah. So I think anyway, Jordan, I think Jordan was in the new, yeah. yeah I he think was, Jordan was in the front office in the at that suites. point. All right. Yeah. All right. That's actually a good segue to the uh, what we're looking forward to most in 2023. Because the thing I'm looking forward to most is the Washington Commanders, presumably, hopefully, please getting new ownership and uh, potentially a rebrand. Because yep. that's something that we've discussed a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> is uh, Whoever the new owner is coming in, your first order of business is get a new stadium, yep. 
And I'm pushing the get a new training facility. That's just as important, if not more. More so important. I'm going to keep pushing that until that, speak that into existence. And then the third thing is, I don't think I've met anybody who likes the, and I'm even looking off set here to look for somebody who likes the commander's name. I don't think I've met a single person who likes the new name. What would you have gone with? What would you have, if if you you had just one? You know my answer. The Washington Federals, because there is nothing better than just having a stadium full of people saying, here come the feds. Okay. I think that the double entendre would be wonderful. I like so the regiments. I, the regiments, I thought, would so, be a good one. But a lot of people were on the the Red Wolves thing, yeah. and I don't understand that. There's no tie no. to Washington. Federals at least fits in with nationals, capitals. People were all about the, the yeah. HTTR. They were the yeah. red, and it's red just skins, like, uh, red wolves. I'm not, no, I'm not going to name a team because of a hashtag. I'm sorry. That's a terrible reason. Twitter is not going to so exist you, by the time this episode ends so anyway. So what's going to happen then on January 1st when they announced that the Hogs is the new mascot, by the way, which is going to happen. Here's the thing. They need to stop naming anything. They need to Mm. stop. Just stop. Wait until you have new ownership. Don't retire anybody's jersey. Don't make these footlocker installations uh, when you said it was going to be a statue. Stop doing stuff. Wait till there's a new owner Mm. and then let him decide or she let whoever the new owner is decide, because I still want Oprah to buy the right. team. But, That'd uh, be cool. That would be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. I actually wrote a column several years ago. It was when the uh, Carolina Panthers were for sale. Yeah. I was just like, yeah. yo, Oprah Winfrey. She's one of a very handful, a small handful of people who can just stroke a check yep. for the cost of a... NFL she probably franchise. hires someone to stroke the check, Well, too. correct, and that's the Which thing. Which is just so, awesome. But I'm way off track there. But that, to me, is the biggest thing to look forward oh, to in 2023. Mine. 100% mine as well. It's going to be a very intriguing early part of the year. Like, if this goes down before the owners' meetings in March. Because right. if it's going to happen, it needs to happen the sooner earlier. The and the, so if a new owner does come in after January, early February, March, whatever, by the time he's approved, he or she's approved, this coach, the whole staff's coming back next year because of the, the transition. Might make a cosmetic move, you know. Yeah. Somebody will right. move somewhere if else. If they go down, if yeah. they go in the tank the last yeah. four weeks. But as they always do with this team, you're going to finish right there in the middle for them to say, let's <laughs> run it back. We're good. Let's run it back. Same cast character. Oh. Anyway, but yes, I'm looking forward to that as well. I'm actually looking forward to uh, the upcoming uh, conference college basketball season. As you guys yeah, know, you I vote. I voted yeah, in the AP are. Top 25. Yeah, you uh, do. Maryland has shown us a lot of promise uh, that was early my in the second season. Story about how Kevin um, Willen's going to do. You yeah. have that. You also have. What is going on with Georgetown? They they were on the road. They led UConn in the second half, and all of a sudden they went on a ridiculous run, the Huskies. And the Hoyas have not won a regular season Big East game since March of 2021. So it's been... You so wonder their last how win was actually the tournament, right? Yes, their last win yeah. was the, the tournament. tournament. Yeah, wow. but they lost a regular season game before yeah, that yeah, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, right. But I'm saying so, their last actual right. win conference with Big East, and win. it's and, and you wonder what's going to 648 days yeah. after the UConn loss. Somebody's keeping track. So you've got that. Yeah. You've got I, you've got a new regime at George Washington. <laughs> you've got an American University that's won some games. A Howard that beat Harvard. Uh, earlier this month. You have uh, George Mason that's in year two under Kim English, and then I always like to bring Virginia Commonwealth and uh, Richmond into the swing of things because they play in the A-10, so you get a chance to see them a little more. Those schools are always fun to watch when they're good. 
And uh, then there's Virginia and uh, Virginia Tech, who are both in the rankings as well. So it's uh, the season, in my opinion, even though they play a ton of games in November, December, that rankle me for having high leverage games this early in the season. <laughs> the season really doesn't begin until January first, yeah. and you're in the heat of con- and you're in the meat of conference play. So uh, again, I think first and foremost. What sort of staying power does Maryland have? And two, what is going on with Georgetown? Yeah. Those are, that's a that's uh, a one and a two. And then uh, what, situation. And then what can Maryland do against uh, the women do against a very uh, competitive Big Ten this year? Yeah, lot to look forward to. And uh, look, we we have all the fun here at the DC Sports Huddle. And we try to get as many of our fellow WTOP sports reporters involved as we can. But because of conflicting schedules and uh, the difficulty of managing a 24-7, 365 operation. Well, plus, I don't, uh, I don't want by really next yeah, to me. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, I'm not trying to sit like, this is, as a matter of fact, I'm too close <laughs> to me right now. But uh, we did have some of our colleagues uh, chime in <laughs> on some of these topics, and uh, we'll start with Jay Brooks. What am I looking forward to most in 2023 in the world of sports? How about the NFL getting rid of the tie? The way the college ranks do it isn't the most popular, but you got to admit, the conclusion of the Army-Navy game was quite interesting, wasn't it? Let's see what the NFL could do next season. Apologies, we couldn't be there in person for the recording of the show. We were under the impression it was going to be catered. We found out it wasn't, and never mind. DC, Breakthrough Athlete of the Year, give me the Nationals, Joey Manessis. And a lesson of good things come to those who wait. How about the 30-year-old Joey Manessis after 10-plus seasons in the minors, finally earned his first big league promotion in early August after the trade of Juan Soto to San Diego, and all Manessis did over the final two months of the season was hit and produce. Hit 324 for average, 13 homers, 14 doubles, walk-off hits, clutch hits. Guy was a man possessed over the final two months in an otherwise lost season for the Nationals. Joey Manessis was a whole lot of fun to watch. DC Sports Person of the Year, give me the big foe, Francis Tiafo. He had the memorable run to the U.S. Open semifinals, beating Rafa Nadal on the way on the big stage of Arthur Ashe Stadium. But Tiafo was hardly a two-week wonder in 2022. He was good throughout the calendar year. Fourth-round appearance at Wimbledon, quarterfinalist here in D.C. at the City Open. And then after his U.S. Open run, How about a trip to the finals in Tokyo and also on the big stage helping Team World secure the win at the Laver Cup. Way to go, Francis Tiafo, 24 years of age, realizing that potential. He's up to the top 20 in the ATP World Rankings. Francis Tiafo, my D.C. Sports Person of the Year. So, uh, Ben, first of all, uh, nice ride. Yeah, I mean, we, we couldn't yeah. even take the time to go no. inside. No. Yeah. But, I mean, the sound quality is good That's in fine. the car. Right. That's fine. Should we tell Ben that today was actually kind of catered? Yeah, it was catered. Sorry, man. It Sorry, was, we didn't know. We uh, didn't know we, until the moment of. Yes, yeah, we did. We, we, we knew he wasn't. We, we, no. we didn't tell him, though. <laughs> no, first of all, Ben can smell it. That's true. Because he That's does it in the newsroom sense. all the time. Yeah. He's not That's scheduled. True. There's no Caps game. And then, magically, he's there eating cookies. This was a fun episode, guys. This is good. I feel like we should fun your gentlemen. We should yes. probably do this every year. Okay. What do you think? Well, let's take a care No, you don't want to? Okay. No, we right. can. Yeah, you're right. Something. You're right. Yeah, George's uh, right. George, uh, commitment is hard for George sometimes. So uh, He's the only guy here who's married, so I mean, what am I talking about? <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Happy New Year. As of this, ta- as of this taping, he's the only That's guy right. here married. There you go. Uh, the D.C. Sports Huddle, as always, sponsored by MGM National Harbor. For the latest in Washington sports, visit MGM National Harbor and experience a sports fan's paradise. I am Rob Woodfork. Wishing you and yours happy holidays and a happy new year. 
This is Dave Preston, whose shirt is doing the same. Festive. And yes. that is George Wallace. Yes. I wear it once also a year. Also greeting yes. Happy all of our great Merry Christmas. fans Happy New Year and viewers. Peace. And because we don't ever wrap up a huddle without breaking That's right. the huddle. You guys. I like the quick clap. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I thought you were going to be a little more delayed. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. <laughs> yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC.